Ladies and gentlemen, on your behalf, I am pleased to introduce today's special guest. The political weather map is heating up in Ontario, 13 days and counting. Voters are being offered a variety of choices by each of the major provincial political leaders. One of them joins us today to outline his ambitious plans to close the opportunity gap. Tim Hudak was elected the 23rd leader of the Ontario PC Party in June 2009 and has been a key player in provincial politics since 1995. Then, he was elected MPP for Niagara South and went on to serve in three ministerial portfolios, Minister for Northern Development and Mines, Minister of Culture, Tourism and Recreation, and Minister of Consumer and Business Services. It should come as no surprise that the PC leader is passionate about all things economic. He holds an economics degree from the University of Western Ontario and received a full academic scholarship to the University of Washington, where he obtained his Master's of Arts in Economics. Before entering politics, he worked in his hometown of Fort Erie at the Economic Development Corporation. Mr. Hudak and the Ontario PC Party have proposed a plan to help create one million new jobs over the next eight years. He's here today to discuss that plan. I also want to let our live audience know that you can join the conversation via Twitter, where you can follow us at CDNCLUBTO or by using that hashtag. And now, ladies and gentlemen, before welcoming Mr. Hudak to the Canadian Club of Toronto's podium, please turn your attention to the screens. Today in Ontario, one million people woke up without a job. While the jobs crisis hits everyone, some people are hurting more than others in Kathleen Wynne's Ontario. A weak economy makes the struggle even harder for those already facing challenges. As jobs have been chased from our province, doors have slammed shut in the faces of the most vulnerable. Older workers, new Canadians, people with disabilities, young workers, they have suffered the most from the opportunity gap created by Dalton McGuinty and Kathleen Wynne's decisions. No government program can restore their hope or give them a bright future. Only new jobs can. Tim Hudak and the Ontario PCs have a plan to create a million new jobs. We'll open the door to jobs and prosperity. We'll close the opportunity gap. We'll get people back to work, restore hope, and get our province back on track. Ontario, working better for all of us. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Tim Hudak. Thank you kindly. Folks, thank you. Very, very kind. Gord, thanks for the very um, uh, kind uh, welcome and intro. Folks, thanks for taking the time uh, out of your day to be with us at the Canadian Club. It's, it's great to be back at the Canadian Club. I'll say, Gord, you were kind enough in my bio to go through a little bit of my past, and you mentioned that I had had a, um, a scholarship to study in economics at uh, University of Washington. Usually, the audience looks at me and they say, well, look at that guy. Obviously, it's an athletic scholarship. <laughs> I don't know why Rick Byers is laughing at that particularly. 
So you disabuse me of that. Thank you very much. It's great to be here today. And I know I'm also uh, joined by uh, one of the great premiers in the history of the province of Ontario, Premier Mike Harris. Premier, thank you very much for joining us today. I saw Liang Chen, one of our candidates uh, from Scarborough, a professor and associate dean of the U of T. I know some others are here as well today to talk about how we're going to close the opportunity gap in the province of Ontario. And I've spent this last week, well, in fact, pretty much every day of this campaign, laying out my party's plan on how we're going to create one million more jobs in our province put one million more men and women back to work in Ontario. And I want to talk today about a very simple but profoundly important question. Who benefits? Because it's far too easy when you simply talk about economic policy to forget that every one of the million people who are currently out of work in Ontario or those who are too discouraged to go out and look for work, that every one of those men and women, they have a name, they have a face, they have a loving family. And I meet those men and women in every corner of Ontario, every day. And it's not the fancy lawyers, the well-connected lobbyists that are out of work in Kathleen Wynne's Ontario. In fact, they've got it pretty good right now. But the burden of the jobs crisis, the heaviest weight, falls hardest on those in our society who can afford it the least. The disabled, the young, the poor, the vulnerable. Our Million Jobs Plan will help them most of all. We'll close the opportunity gap that's been created by the McGinty-Wynn jobs crisis. And by getting the size of government under control to spend within our means so that we can sustain frontline services that help the disadvantaged the most. That's what it's all about. That's why you pay your taxes, isn't it? In Ontario today, over half of the people with disabilities don't have a job. Over half. And that includes the tens of thousands who have stopped even looking for work at all. And most people with disabilities, they can work. They want to work. They're incredibly driven. I remember visiting the Canadian Hearing Society recently, Chris Kanopik, the president of the Canadian Hearing Society, whose mission in life is to have those with hearing disabilities to contribute back those incredible skills that drive, to contribute back to the workforce, to charities. Chris told me about the programs and the limits on them. Chris, I thank you for your leadership. I want you to know this. I will be 100% beside you in helping get that mission complete in our great province of Ontario. (laughs) 
There are other champions all across our province, including a man named Mark Wafer right here in the city of Toronto. Mark runs a series of Tim Hortons where he's hired over 100 people with disabilities in the last 20 years. And it's not out of charity. Mark does it because he's a smart businessman. He understands that when you hire talented, dedicated employees who want to work, they give back. And they have one of the lowest turnover rates anywhere in the business. Our Million Jobs Plan will help other employers to learn what Mark already knows by connecting employers with people with disabilities. But most important of all, the first step is you need to create the jobs, and we'll do that. People with disabilities who want to work, they need employers who want to hire again. We'll get there through lower taxes on employers, on more affordable energy, better access to the trades. I lay this out every day. There's so much more. I'll tell you about somebody else who I've met on the campaign trail. On Tuesday, I met a lovely young woman named Kaylin Ambrose. Kaylin, a young mom, three-year-old son, but her job is currently being threatened by a liberal bureaucracy called the College of Trades. Kaylin hasn't always had an easy time in life. Like many people, she struggles with written tests. But what I admired about Kaylin is that she overcame those challenges. She's built a tremendously rewarding and successful life as a hairdresser. She has loyal customers coming through that door constantly. She has a loving family. And her job and the money she makes, it's so crucial to that family's success. But sadly, all of that it's not good enough for a new liberal bureaucracy. You may have heard about this, the College of Trades. They've actually decreed that Kaylin has to leave her work to do what she fears most, to pass the kind of high-stakes written test that has troubled her all of her life. And it's not only that. If she doesn't pass that test, a written test, she loses her livelihood. She loses her job as a hairdresser. Her clients love her. Her boss loves her. She's cut hair for seven years, and she's good at it. But she's taken this test six different times at $200 each and every time. Can you imagine the pressure and the unfairness of all that? The choice to me is simple. You stand with the underdog. You stand up for Kaylin Ambrose and against his heartless bureaucracy. That's what leadership is. But Kathleen Wynne stands with the bureaucrats who want to force Kaylin to take that written test. And if Kaylin loses her job because she can't pass that test, well, they say, too bad. 
That's not good enough for me. When you fund a bureaucratic bodyguard that protects the entrenched interests, it's inevitably the most vulnerable, those who are least able to fight back, not the strongest who are thrown out of work. So our million jobs plan will eliminate the bureaucracy that enforces these arbitrary, unfair rules on good, honest workers like Kaylin. I made her a deal. I shook her hand that day in Pickering. I said, Kaylin, I'll cut out this unnecessary, wasteful bureaucracy, and in return, you keep cutting hair and provide for your family. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Because you see, on issue after issue, Dalton McGinty and Kathleen Wynne have chosen the path that stifles job creation, and it keeps the most vulnerable people in our society from a fair chance at enjoying the dignity of a good job. And worst of all, worst of all, they congratulate themselves on their compassion when they trap the same men and women in social programs that make it even harder to find good work. I studied economics in graduate school, as Gorgeous mentioned. And one of the things that offends me the very most is that one of the highest effective tax rates in our society, who pays the highest taxes for a new dollar earned? In Ontario, it's a welfare recipient or somebody on disability who wants to take on a part-time job. You're right. They finally get a fair chance of proving themselves, and the government claws back their livelihood. And how can that possibly be in a modern society, in a great society like Ontario in 2014? It's because the Liberal Party claws back benefits like drug, co drug coverage so quickly when a welfare recipient gets a job that she is barely better off for at all than taking home that paycheck. It saves the province nothing to keep that person on welfare. It is just plain dumb. We're going to fix that because in my Ontario, Nobody should have to ask whether she can afford to take a job. Reward hard work instead. Of course, we all rely on vital programs like health care, like education. We all have that experience ourselves or in our families. But it is the vulnerable people in our province who rely on those core trusted services most of all. And that's why we are committed to a balanced budget that ensures that we can afford those frontline services, not just for today, but for years to come. With thriving job creation to pay the bills and the government that we can afford. The intellectual bankruptcy of the mcginty Wind agenda is in the notion that there is anything compassionate about driving the province into financial bankruptcy and to fund a government that we simply cannot sustain. When the government borrows $4,100 
for every family in Ontario every single year. The question is not whether the money runs out. The question is when and how soon and who pays the price. We can deal with this challenge in a careful, thoughtful way that we can control. Or we can let it spin out of control and see the most vulnerable among us pay the price. My plan is to seize our own destiny, to protect what matters and what we value. That's why I brought forward my plan to reduce the size of government from 1.2 million government workers today to 1.1 million. That's a level we had as recently as 2009 to cut out the middle management bureaucrats so we can protect the front line. The alternative is, is not to keep borrowing forever. It's simply impossible to put $20 billion on the debt each and every year. Leadership is you make a choice. But Kathleen Wynne just said the other day that there is not a single position out of the 1.2 million government employees that we could possibly ever dream of doing without. She thinks that every person working on the government payroll is equally important. I don't. Let me tell you why. She thinks that the six-figure executives at the Ontario Power Authority, they're untouchable. Well, I say no to the Ontario Power Authority bureaucrats so I can say yes to better home care for our seniors to keep them in their homes. Kathleen Wynne believes that even though the provincial auditor has shown that drive clean has outlived its usefulness, she still believes the government should continue to charge you $30 every two years to help you celebrate your birthday and put you through that hassle just to keep the bureaucrats on the payroll. You can tell by your reaction you agree with me. I say no to the paper pushers at Drive Clean Ontario so I can say yes to special needs teachers that are helping our kids who are currently struggling. You know, just before I came here, I was at the uh, Ability Centre in Durham. Christine Elliott was a pioneer, chaired the board. Christine and I were there. If you haven't been there, you should see it. Actually, tomorrow is its second birthday. They're doing a big open house. You should see this place. It works wonders. They said it's a place where disability doesn't come in the door. That moved my heart. Met a young man named Bogdan. Durham College student doing his job placement at the Ability Center. Took Christine and I around for a tour. An impressive young man who happens to be a paraplegic. He's in a wheelchair. But the drive and determination he had 
to overcome those challenges, to pursue a career in sports management. It's inspiring. Of course, he said he was a New York Rangers fan, was happy about the game the other night. I won't hold that against him. <laughs> Rangers fans, really. But when you see that, you see this young man who has overcome incredible obstacles, goes to Durham College, wants to work in sports management, and is proud of every minute he spends there at the Ability Center, and wants to make that his career. That tells me we need a lot fewer bureaucrats milking the system and a lot more Bogdans having success in the great province of Ontario. And just yesterday, we learned that right before the election, that the Premier and Cabinet cooked up a secret $300 million bailout to take over a failed real estate deal at Mars. And then in a scramble, try to justify it by saying that we need more space to hold the thousands more bureaucrats and middle managers that the government has hired. I don't know if you know this, 300,000 more added to the government payrolls in the province while well, we've lost 300,000 manufacturing jobs. 300,000 more bureaucrats, but our hospitals are more overcrowded than ever. Kids with special needs aren't getting the attention they deserve. So the choice to me is obvious. I say no to those secret gas plant and real estate deals so I can say yes to mental health services for our most vulnerable citizens. The plain truth is that you can't balance the budget without spending less. And taking on the failed, wasteful programs and that excess fat layer of middle management is exactly what protects the front lines that matter the most. If we stay on the McGinty win path of ever-rising deficits and deeper debt, you know what happens. Eventually, our creditors force us to deal with our problems. And in every country where you didn't control your own fate, where the creditors came in, you know what happened. Look what happened in Greece, where they cut their hospital budgets by 25%, their drug budget by 50 from Iceland to Spain. And in all of those examples where they didn't control their own fate, it was the most vulnerable who paid that heavy price at the end of the day. I want you to know this. I will never let that happen. And I will never shy from giving you the straight goods about what it takes to take on that challenge right here and right now. Because you, know, because you know what real compassion is? Real compassion is having the courage to act, not in the politics of dithering and delay. Ontario is a beautiful province, and it is a province of unlimitless potential. And our greatest resources are our people, no matter what their abilities. My party is committed to creating a million more jobs in Ontario. 
and we know what it takes to get that job done. Those million jobs will help families in every part of this province. And the people they will help the most are the ones that are having the hardest time today. The young, the disabled, the poor, and the disadvantaged. We will close the opportunity gap for the people who don't have lobbyists, who are struggling just to get by, and will build the stronger, fairer, more compassionate Ontario that we all want and that we deserve. Thank you very much. Thank you, folks. Thanks, Thank you. Gordon gave me the thumbs up. I'm happy to take some questions on my plan and how we're going to close the opportunity gap. Who's first? I'm good. How are you? And uh, as you know, with the credit unions, we are generally considered the financial institution for people who face the most challenges in Ontario, um, whether that be ac accessing financial services. We're the friendly. We're, we're friendly. People get to know us, and they and for that reason, people who face the opportunity gap, they they, they use credit unions a lot more. Um, we've talked a number of times. What we are looking for in Ontario, as you know, there's some changes that we're looking for. We've got the Act Review coming up. And I guess I want to ask you, what are you going to do to help improve credit unions so that we can help improve the lives of Ontarians who do face the opportunity gap? No, thanks, Kelly. I appreciate the question. And, and, and I think you've done an outstanding job talking to members of my team, and I suspect you've been talking to members of other parties about what credit unions have to offer. I can tell you this. I mean, Meridian, they used to be called the Niagara Credit Union, and Ralph, I missed that name, the Niagara Credit Union, but they're Meridian now. I think they've done an outstanding job because whenever I go to any of the events in my riding to help out some of our most vulnerable populations, whether it's families who have to use the food bank because they can't get a good job, particularly with young people with developmental disabilities, it's always Meridian that's there helping out. And I know credit unions are doing that right across the province of Ontario. So, Kelly, I like some of the ideas you brought forward to reduce the red tape to allow credit unions to offer a higher level of coverage for deposits, to do more business. And when you tell me the other day, I remember we were meeting in my office uh, just before the election happened, you told me that credit unions, uh, in, because of an old part of the Municipal Act, uh, can't uh, bid and then repurpose abandoned lots in municipalities. Only the big banks can. That didn't make any sense to me. I believe in open competition. So, Kelly, I appreciate what you've advocated there. Hopefully, I looked the three things that you told me about that I recall all three accurately. Okay, the tax one. I forgot about that. I forgot the tax and the three. I will tell Kelly and all of you here, I think taxes are high enough. In fact, my plan is to bring taxes down 
So you spend money on the economy, employers will hire, and we can make sure that more people with disabilities get on payrolls in the province of Ontario to close that opportunity gap. Hi, uh, Tim. So my biggest question for you is, um, I really like your platform so far, but the one thing I'm concerned about is the whole um, 100,000 public sector jobs, right? Now, like we all know that a lot of government jobs are pretty decently paying jobs, so um, I'd like to believe that the private sector would hire more people, but what if they just like sort of outsource everything to like India and China? How will that like sort of affect that like, you know, the government has these jobs in Ontario, right? So um, what is your strategy to sort of deal with that? Like, Thanks for the question. Let me, let me lay this out. And, and look, leadership is a matter of choices. So I said up there, we can continue to spend $20 billion every year more than we have. That's what we added to the debt in this budget and the one before that. And if we don't get control of that, if we don't actually learn to spend within our means, then our fate is forced upon us by the creditors, like we saw in Greece. In Spain, they had to cut their public works budget by a third. So you think the trip from Barrie down to Toronto is bad enough now? Imagine that. But the point I wanted to make today, too, is who's suffering from all this overspending? It's our most vulnerable populations. People with disabilities can't find jobs. Kids that are struggling with learning disabilities aren't getting the help they deserve. I, I want to see kids with learning disabilities have the highest quality education and quality of life right here in Ontario. I talk a lot about the jobs, there's no doubt. It's part of my plan. A million more people working, that means a million more people who can come home and say, I got the job. The incredible pride that gives you in, in your self-worth. Pay down a mortgage, you can provide for the kids. We do it for that. But we also do it because a million more people working with good jobs, better take-home pay, that also means they're paying steady taxes. So we have the capacity to match the incredibly generous hearts of Ontarians with the financial ability to do so. Getting there is not going to be easy. I'm being straight up with the people of Ontario. It is going to take sacrifice. But when we get through it, there's going to be benefits for all of us, particularly our most vulnerable. So we'll take the size and cost of government down from 1.2 million to 1.1 million as we were in 2009. And I think most people would agree that we've added 300,000 to the government payrolls, but you're not seeing a big improvement in your services in many areas less. How do I do that? Number one, attrition. A large part of this will be through retirements of those who leave. In government, that's 5 to 9% a year. So over our four-year plan, you're looking at 250 to 350,000. You don't have to backfill all those positions. But you can't get there through attrition alone because there's other things we need to do, even if you could. So the second phase is, can somebody actually deliver a public service better than currently delivered by the government? Isn't that why you pay taxes to make sure you have the highest quality service? You don't care where they work, you want to make sure you got the best quality and best price. So by way of example, GO trains are currently contracted out to Bombardier. I think that's a strength in the system. I think the Liberals made the right call on that. But GO buses are currently on the government payroll. If somebody could deliver those services better, they still keep their jobs, but they're not part of the government payroll. You'd probably be surprised that blackjack dealers and roulette spinners are on the government payroll. 
I'd rather have nurses, personal support workers, and special needs teachers on the payroll. I think we have uh, time for one last question right, uh, right I, here. Thank you. I want one last point, and then I'll get to this gentleman's question. The last point, look, there are wasteful bureaucracies that we simply don't need. You would be amazed at how much government you're never going to miss. Drive clean, the 11,000 workers making $100,000 a year or more at Hydro, the Ontario Power Authority that mushroomed from 12 people into a monster bureaucracy of 250, 84 of whom are making $100,000 a year or more. The LINS, the CCAC administration takes 40 cents out of every dollar. You know who's getting ahead in Kathleen Wynne and Dalton McGuinness, Ontario? It's the insiders. It's wasteful middle management in the bureaucracy. And like I said, I want to see a lot less middle managing bureaucrats. I want to see more workers, and I want to see more people like Bogdan succeeding with his dreams in the province of Ontario. That's what this plan is all about. Adam. Uh, this is not on. A, oh, here we go. Uh, firstly, thank you for your address and thank you for your leadership. One of the most important drivers of this economy of Ontario that you so eloquently talk about are the universities in Ontario. And can you talk a little bit about how your party is going to support the universities of Ontario to continue to be that major driver of this economy? Certainly, I benefit a lot from my education at University of Western Ontario, my undergrad in economics. I had a chance to talk to a lot of university presidents as well. Look, I'll be quick on this one. I realize my long answer went a little long. Number one, I want to see greater partnerships between our universities and colleges to combine their strengths, not make them more of the same. Number two, I want to reward universities through the funding mechanism that actually place their students in jobs in their fields to make sure that when they enter education at a university, to the time they graduate, that they know what their likelihood of getting a job in their field is going to be and reward those universities for that kind of placement. I want to see a greater entrepreneurial culture in our post-secondary education that attaches young men and women to good jobs. And number three, I'm going to go one step further. I was at Ryerson at the DMZ just the other day, doing an outstanding job in students becoming business leaders themselves. Wouldn't it be incredible to see a system that says to universities, we're going to reward you not only the students that get jobs, but those that start their own business, those that hire more students as a result. God bless what Ryerson is doing. I want to see more of that in our province to start new companies with students that will develop that talent right here in our great province of Ontario. Mr. Hudak, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for taking questions. I'd like to call upon... Jennifer Sloan, President-elect of the Canadian Club of Toronto, to formally thank you on behalf of the club. Tim, it was a real pleasure to have you with us today as you outlined how your party plans to close the opportunity gap in this province. Job creation is an important issue, and your Million Jobs Plan has certainly captured our attention. Your belief in using political office to make positive economic change drives your party's platform. And as the country's economic engine, we all have a vested interest in seeing Ontario thrive. Tim, on behalf of the Canadian Club and our guests today, 
please accept our best wishes as you continue to crisscross this country or province, sorry, making your way to the election booth in a few short weeks. Best of luck. Good luck to you in the new position too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jen and uh, Mr. Hudak. Thank you once again. We know that it's a long campaign in a short period of time with many, many stops, and we're glad that you made this stop one of yours at the club. Uh, before we adjourn for lunch, just a couple of quick reminders. On June 3rd, mayoral candidate Olivia Chow will be with us to talk about the city's biggest challenges and how she will tackle them if she is elected mayor of Toronto. And on June 11th, Yuen Pao Wu, president and CEO of the Asia Pacific Foundation of Canada, will join us to represent the results of the 2014 National Opinion Poll, Canadian Views on Asia, and speak on the progress his foundation has made in building stronger relationships with Asian countries over the last six years. To order tickets to any or all of our Canadian Club events, please visit us at canadianclub.org. As well, a video podcast of today's event will be available on iTunes in a few days. Simply visit the event listing on our website. And finally, please don't forget to fill out the event survey cards at each of your tables. We at the club truly value your feedback on each and every one of these events, and we would appreciate your feedback. Ladies and gentlemen, before adjourning for lunch, please rise as you are able and join me in a toast to Canada. To Canada. Enjoy your lunch. <laughs>